you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen. It depends on you. Hello and welcome back to the Watchdogs. You almost said Wanjar Cynics, didn't you? No, I didn't. I, didn't. I was gonna. I mean, we can still call them Cynics. It's the same because we're trying to apply the Cynic concepts to tech. Doubt. Doubt and skepticism, you know? Everything's a, a smokescreen. Well, we'll watch dogs. Yeah. I mean, we could. I was going to say hello world just because of the programming reference. Do you know that's the first thing you type out? Hello, hello world. Hello world. Yeah. Isn't it kind of kind of dramatic? Hello world. Broadcasting to you. Um, essentially, this episode is kind of an origin story. So why we became tech cynics. Why are we distrustful of it? Of doubtful of it of not just tech itself because i don't think tech is necessarily the problem i think it's the the utilization of tech by certain you know the private sector the government or third parties anything it's it has to do with the interests of these groups and organizations i don't think tech is really the problem you know it's like do you it's like do you blame you know imagine a caveman killing somebody do you blame the caveman or the rock you know, he uses the rock to kill somebody. You're going to blame the caveman, right? Um, rocks are sharp. And <laughs> you, well, that's so. that's the way I see it, you know? Sounds dangerously like a, a, a <laughs> gun <laughs> argument, a pro-gun <laughs> argument. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, if no one had rocks, um, but if no be one, so much safer. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you have to think of it that way. And uh, that's that's I'm going to give you my origin story instead of, you know, the whole the rock argument. But, um... It really states starts at China in a sense because, I mean, you know the story with Sharon, right? Uh, you were there, yeah. Pretty uh, much, she she was, and it's kind of funny how it started this way because before this, before this event in general, I really didn't think about anything so deeply. I'm not saying I was like completely like aloof or uh, anything like of that sort. It just, I guess, I wasn't, I didn't realize how people screw you over, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. and how the world really is and how interests come to play and conflict of conflicts of interests and all these hidden forces at play, things of that sort. Essentially, I mean, she was just underpaying me and I was an English teacher, and but, but she was paying someone else more money. So that pissed me off, right? Because I, I thought I was a hard worker and essentially I was the crux of her business because all the students that are her business clients liked me all these um and they were like captains of industry they were people at um high positions in their um respective fields Mm -hmm. so i was like why are you paying me you know less when i am necessary to this operation if it wasn't for me if it wasn't for my passion for trying to help people and and with their english with their just learning strategies in general not just english but even that i was doing that extra who, stuff. who else was, I mean, you don't have to name names, but... I'll name I, names. I can't remember who else was working for her teaching. So it was time. the British girl who had oh, a... Oh, so that's she, right. I remember now. 
Yeah, because she was like super weird, right? And she had a, you know, and she had a strong British accent that even I could barely understand. And I was like, okay, so you're gonna give me less money when I have more experience. I'm more passionate. I have, I add more value to the company. And I confronted her, and then it's funny because she told you know what the first thing she said. I knew I couldn't trust you because you're American. That's what she said. Yeah, she no, said that. That sounds about right. And you know wow. what she said? I encountered a good it, amount of that. And you know what she said? Oh, she added more to that. You guys always want to know everything. I was like, and I was wondering about this. I'm like, hmm, what does she mean by that? Because I wasn't political. I don't understand what this my nationality has to do with anything. Uh-huh. Right? And she's like, and Jordan was there too. And he didn't say anything, which is... Well, Jordan, sh- yeah, Jordan, Jordan has Jordan's no Chinese, point. Yeah, Jordan's Chinese. So <laughs> well, you should have just it. told her, hey, you're Chinese. That's why you want all the money. And I think even his I, I, mindset's different. Even if he's in a position where he's in like a Chinese setting, he'll act accordingly. Like, yeah, yeah. I was mad at that. I'm like, l- legality aside, you know, it's it's about the principle. It's about morality. But um, anyway, um, that just kind of, that, that statement for some reason, it didn't get to me. But I mean, I was thinking more deeply into, deeply into it. Like, why would she say that? And I think she understands that Americans, they care about transparency. They care about, not just Americans, I think anybody who lives in the, in, in the West, who lives in a, a democratic republic or a representative democracy, anything like that, um, they care about um, the truth. You have to. If there is no transparency between us and the state, then there is nothing because it, it revolves around trust. And I know it sounds naive, but as that's the theory in general. Because there's, and you know, Chinese people, they like to say, oh, you guys always want to know everything. You know, that's not possible. You know, the democracy is a failure. It's an experiment, things like that. It's so childish to think that way. Mm-hmm. But that is the theory. The idea that, you know, it's a two-way. It's kind of like if you're in a relationship, the way I see it, there should be trust on both sides. If there's no trust, then there's nothing. Why should I trust you if you don't trust me? You know, if I'm going to do business with you, um, if you don't trust me, then why should we do business? And to say it so openly, it just like kind of kills the relationship there. Like, where do we go from here? And it's a a huge middle finger. (laughs) But even then, at that point, I wasn't even, I was thinking about the money because mostly I wasn't really thinking about the philosophy or the um, ideas behind it. I was just like. She made it into something. Political almost. Almost political. Yeah. And um, I guess that was like kind of a spiral going down because I was thinking after after I came back from China, I was like realizing that um, most people when they leave a country like that you um, are generally fond of, like it's you have these great experiences and adventures and um, you, you meet new people and have new experiences. They miss that. And I do miss it even now. But then. I was kind of going the opposite route when I came back. Uh, I was like, hmm. I was realizing how grateful I was of, I mean, simple things like, I don't know, freedom of speech, the con- whatever we have left of the Constitution, because, you know, that's crumbling away sl- slowly as we speak. I mean, that's why we started Watchdogs. But um, I, was, I was thinking about those things in general. And um, also another thing was when I worked at the airport, I was realizing these facial recognition softwares that they were using when um, they boarded the planes. And uh, there was something in me that did not like that. And I was like, hmm, are we any different from China? I, right. So I did experience the same thing because I had never seen that prior. 
Yeah, and then, international and trips. What year was that? But yeah, that was the first time I'd experienced it. So I was like, hmm. It, it was little by little. Small events like these were kind of waking me up because before that, I didn't really care about this. I'm like, I had heard about Edward Snowden, what he did, and I was like, well, well, no. you know, it didn't really stick. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, we always talk about being initiated, mm-hmm. and I wasn't initiated. Like you can you can bring a horse to the water, but doesn't mean he'll drink. And I wasn't ready to drink from the fountain of knowledge. And I think a lot of people, I don't think it was because of ignorance. I think it was because of the, you don't understand the value of it unless, but I I did after I came from China, I was understanding it more slowly. I I believe so. And especially with um, everything that's going on now with the virus and all these, you know, these uh, vaccine passports um everything we talked about in the surveillance pandemic and we we're gonna and i think um he wasn't here so well we can do a a a follow-up with um mac but um that's that's essentially it i wasn't thinking about the foundational ideas of the constitution until i left the country and i start you you know what i mean so i guess Mm -hmm. that's my that's my story. That's my origin. And also because I started learning more about tech because, you know, that's my new major. That's 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 what I'm studying currently. So that's my story. So I'm curious what you guys have to say about that. Like, what's your... I mean, the I just want to, for context with uh, Sharon, she's uh, Korean, Chinese? Yeah. And she's from the... Dongbei, right? North- Dongbei Northeast, which is, or, yeah, yeah, uh, where they have like the worst reputation. <laughs> yeah, they're known to be pretty sleazy. <laughs> they have the like anytime you talk to like a Chinese person not from there about yeah, there, but they if, always if you talk say to something. Any, if you talk but to there anybody, was one that they stood out. I heard that no, so much. No, but I've heard Dongbei. the same thing about like, um, southern. I have heard it about Southern. Like, like Northern say that about but Southern. I think that's more so it's Northern. a very, sh- there's actually like a. Biggest thing I heard about Dongbei, they eat a lot of meat and drink a lot of booze. I heard the. He, <laughs> it, you, even Jordan said that. Yeah, you Jordan cannot, told me that. You then. cannot trust people from the Northeast. Like, no, wait, I heard like, that. Fujian. Fujian's the one I've heard more heard, than that. Fujian? I've heard Fu- that too. Fujian, I've there's heard like a couple spots. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple spots, but and can, and I think he kind of told me about that too. But uh, I didn't hear it so much. I think no, the Guangdong Guang- is more. There's a big col- bigger culture difference. Guangdong was South. like um, they're really money minded. Was what I've heard about them when they come into like actual China proper. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those, those are the th- I, I've I've heard the Dongbei, but I, I like Dongbei girls so. <laughs> yeah so i give him some slack but yeah fujian i've heard a lot of people but also i was in shanghai for most of the but time you know, so maybe that's why you I was, know you know why i think also fujian because it's directly across from taiwan well and all the taiwan and a lot most of, of the taiwan a people a lot of taiwan people fujian. same for the south yeah they connected to hong kong more and cantonese and that yeah, sort yeah. of culture i think those are the reasons for those two areas but that's also why i say be, being in shanghai probably we encountered more of the southern Chinese people, generally speaking, so like day to day encountering. Most of the, like most times when I met someone Chinese when I was in a uh, province mm-hmm. who was outside the province, they're usually Dongbei because really? the economy was and also it's just it's yeah, very no cold, economy. right? There's yeah. like no 
<laughs> bad weather. Not, not even the worst. That's not the worst area, but like it's the economy is horrible there, and so they all just Sh- flooded out. Xinjiang's worse. Well, but Xinjiang is the, the Gobi, <laughs> <laughs> sparsely populated, <laughs> and they've got their own thing going on there right now. So. Oh, yeah, weren't they in the news? <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you don't have an economy. <laughs> Get bored. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Genocide, there's a people. there's a lot of um, um, stereotypes about people from Dongbei. That they're scammy, they're thieves. They're I heard that specifically. Ag- they're they're hmm. aggressive. They're I never brought it up. I yeah, it was Jordan. Funny people, enough, people. Would always, I was just hearing Jordan told me about it. He t- but he never said like mm. watch out, but he was just telling me about the, the stereotypes. They, I mean, I, I believe yeah. it, but I, again, I in, in Shanghai and and Kunming. Well, yeah, you I, were, di- I didn't encounter too like the Dongbei people I met were few and far. Yeah, between. and I think you were in Shanghai longer, right? Shanghai so, and Kunming, so I was south. Yeah, he, yeah, I'm not gonna, south uh, more so. So I think that's yeah, yeah, yeah. probably why. I'm not gonna let her re- ruin the reputation of a whole. Um, Province, province of people. So, I'll they're give it. I'll get better for the pretty accurate with their stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, looking at you, Sichuan. <laughs> oh, Sichuan. Okay, you know this is supposed to be a a technological conversation. Okay. It can be a lot of fun there, but yes. Okay, <laughs> no, but, but uh, twenty sixteen. But you know, it's funny. Twenty sixteen also something was funny enough. I didn't really care about the tech cynic stuff until. Recently, but back then, you know, I was studying. Um, um, not wasn't study it de- studying it deeply, but I was uh, researching and reading a lot about AI. Funny enough, and yeah, I, I remember it, that. And I and um, existential the existential nature of it, the mm-hmm. uh, disruptive innovations, uh, potential. I mean, impact the negative impacts. Yeah. Yes. Funny enough, so I wasn't thinking. Funny and enough, not, which is not weird. Not related to like the control aspects that it. Would which have is weird though. So loss I was loss of freedom. I was studying. It's funny how I was studying this on, on a on a larger scale how it affects human civilization today and in the future. But funny enough, I wasn't thinking about how practical it was. That's why I think the tech cynicism stuff started getting more interesting to me because you know, I you know I'm getting older. I got to start focusing on the practicality of the world, not just um, being naive and just, you know, philosophy is a luxury, right? That not many people can afford. And I'm going to admit that. And I think that I had that luxury of philosophy and, you know, contemplating while I was teaching and making good money and I was Mm -hmm. a lot younger. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, whoa, no. I mean, this does affect us a lot more. um, I guess I was also... thinking about what i could do for the country in a way about civics i don't know civics is interesting even though i'm cynical about some aspects of you know surprise surprise the wanjar cynics we're still under the wanjar cynics name intellectual property (laughs) um (laughs) um, yeah just even even so even if i'm cynical i still want to do my part in some way on a collective scale because i think back then i was super hyper individualistic um, more so when I was like, I don't know, 15. I really didn't care about people but myself. But I think getting older, you start caring more about how things affect you and how, I don't know, the, the health of society in general or the world, maybe. I don't know. Something. I, think, I guess it's growing up. You start realizing, no, it's not just about you. It's about other people and about what's going on. I kind of went more in the opposite direction. Not to an extreme, but... <laughs> you became more about caring about yourself. I, yeah, slightly more because I used to. Well, be, but it's I good still, though. Like I think 
at my core. I'm still, it was yeah. It's like wanting to help people. No, but I think I thought you you were, yeah. You, you, were. you see so like so much stuff that's just out of your control that you want to change and you're like watching things happen that you don't agree with at all and people going along with and supporting it and you see destructive behavior. Like I didn't have strong feelings about politics and even now I'm I would say no, I do have strong feelings, but I'm very weary of both sides. But it's yeah. it's like if you live in a it's like if you live in a community like a neighborhood or something like you, you don't want people taking shits on the sidewalk because you still got to live there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly concerned with my house and the people that live in it. But also I'm, I'm aware of things going on in the neighborhood and there's things I'd rather not be in the neighborhood. Just expand it out to like a national or even a, a global level, I think. Yeah, and I, it, st- I it it's starts, like a, yeah. A push to, okay, I need to get my house in order. Yeah, exactly. Like, n- there's nothing I can do until I have my house in order. Which is. So that pushed uh, me in the other direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That realization. I'm not, yeah, it's more so that than Cause anything Because you, you can't talk unless you're. Unless you're living it. Yeah. Even I. I, I have to live the ideal mm-hmm. that. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're, you're a dickbag. Yeah. And I see plenty. You see, there's so many people. Well, we've t- we've talked about a lot of yeah. people who, on both sides, it's it's much easier to criticize other people and tell them to get their shit straight than to actually examine yourself and put in the work on yourself. Mm-hmm. And you still get that dopamine hit if you just bitch about it. Yeah. <laughs> and and so yeah, no. In that way, I compl- I completely understand because I can see it both ways. I was when I was younger, I was super selfish, and now I'm still super selfish, but I. I'm aware of things around me, you know. I'm aware of things that are going on, and I recognize that if, well, especially when they started to get into the authoritarian sort of thing, whatever side it is, anytime authoritarian shit starts encroaching on my personal borders, that's when I'm kind of, that's when I perk up and start kind of taking notice. Because generally speaking, I just want to do what I want to do, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's the majority opinion. And 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 if I feel like, if I feel like, something is going to pose a problem to that that's when i start to i won't say get involved but that's when i start to form opinions about stuff but mo- mostly you know it's it's just my own shit i don't care what's going on i guess i, I don't yeah. want to care what's going on in the in the wider field unless i have to mm-hmm. you know i guess it's the yeah. i had the expectment expat mentality um when you're an expat you're just kind of yeah you're just enjoying stuff man you know mm-hmm. just you're not sweating the the small things or you know politics or things like that you know you're just having fun that's how i was how i saw it even and um i, I think after i left funny enough i learned more about the um totalitarian aspects of china when i left the country obviously cuz you can't see that stuff over there unless you have a vpn on in china and um remember we used to use hawks vpn yeah, that was um, yeah, and that's the interesting um aspect of it. When you're in the country, you don't really think about those aspects, but even and then when you leave it, you kind of think of it more. I don't know. Do you feel well, that way? Like when well, did you start? I think China is one of those countries that gives you no choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it, it, it's gonna be pushed on you from somewhere at some point, <laughs> and you either like. What do you mean, like specifically what? Uh, like. To deal with like the getting pushed into like the political side of things, like it's just really you think so? Yeah, yeah. For yeah. example, I remember when I huh. spoke when I spoke about Taiwan in the in the pizza restaurant with uh, Jacopo, our, our Italian friend. That also got political because I was like, "Oh man, how many countries have you been to?" And I said, 
Man, I've been to a lot of places. I've been to Chile, Argentina. I've been to Canada. I've been to Taiwan. And then, and then she's like, wait, 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 stop there. Did you just call Taiwan a country? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you know, Taiwan isn't a country, right? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> Province. <laughs> and then, and, and then she's like, she was nice though. She was a, a nice lady. And she told me, you're not supposed to talk about that and say that stuff. And I was, it's a weird mentality. Cause I don't know. Maybe I was a, a kind of dumb when I went there and I wasn't thinking about that stuff. Maybe we're just having too much fun. I'm like, wait a minute. There are things. Yeah, it's weird how there are some things you shouldn't talk about. That is strange in a country. Yeah. Maybe you just take that for granted. Cause here, nothing is off limits. I mean, you could, we could have said, yeah, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. Even, and that's another topic for another, mm-hmm. another day really. But, um, I'll, I'll try and paint my experience and how it kind of shifted, but it's, I've had so much craziness there. It's kind of hard to piece it all together in a, a linear fashion, but I'll do my best. Mm-hmm. When I first went to China, I pretty much embraced everything. Yep. <laughs> yeah, me too. Checking on that. So like the food, all the, just the norms, policies, I'm just, I'm flowing with it all. I completely yeah. agreeable with everything. And, I can't even say what it was, but eventually there starts to be like this pressure of maybe it's just like everywhere is corrupt Mm -hmm. everywhere. I mean, you can find bad everywhere in China, at least the corruption and the type of business I was doing. Yeah. It was so, there's a lot. Yeah. It was so open and blatant. And like you said, why do you guys want to? There's like no transparency. Why do you want to know that? Yeah, like you would ask him. Also, it's don't a, worry about that. Yeah, you you would ask like, him the Weishima. Like, why? It's like all these um, dealings and instances where you almost feel like people are looking at you strange because you want to understand, or you're just like mm-hmm. trying to better understand certain things. It, there's kind of a negative connotation towards people who have that mindset. That's yeah. why it was strange when you would ask in the, in the the cab, like, why? And when you would a- ask a question, they'd be like, what do you mean? Mayo Weishima, no some, why. Sometimes it might have been like, oh, it's like, it's nothing, like, not a big deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I swear I felt sometimes it's like. But it's a, co- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't ask why. Yeah. It felt, like, you can feel the, like, nuance in some cases where it's like. like you know, why, looking. Why are you asking? Don't, don't. <laughs> looking don't back at that. it, I, I think it might be the. um the state of the country, how it's been the for the past few decades, it kind of embedded itself into the Chinese language and culture. Like, oh, we're not supposed to ask those things, you know? That's the way I see it. Or maybe it's always been a cultural thing in China, maybe 5,000 years ago. Probably. Could Probably. be that too. Like, just don't look deep into it. Well, and, and generally... But, th- but this is a country of philosophers though, right? I, I'm at, well, I used to believe no, that. it's not. The country... Uh, I mean, that was my Western mindset. Oh, this is the, the place where Kung Zhu is from, the Confucius of these great sages, these great wise men, the people who... You know, that's that was my Western they, romanticized they, version of it. Oh, they are very big on... on <laughs> count them on one hand, how many wise men there they're, they're big yeah, on right. parroting the lessons of the past, though. Yeah, but, that's, very well. but like, that's, that's just re- regurgitating it. But there's advantages to that. It does sure. have an influence. It does, but... I would argue, yeah, because traditionally in in Chinese, like the whole, uh, you guys are familiar with the Mandate of Heaven, right? Yeah, I I think, yeah. So so the emperor was the emperor because heaven mandated that he was the emperor. Mm -hmm. And if 
revolution and rebellion happened and he was taken out and he wasn't the emperor anymore, well, that's because he lost the mandate of heaven. And so the new guy who was the emperor now had the mandate of heaven. And so generally how it worked was if shit was rolling good and if the people were happy, then there was nothing to talk about. Like everyone just goes along mm. their way. But if people are getting killed or they're starving or warlords are beating down the gate or something is happening, the people rise up and they overthrow. So I think that the the PRC really understands that. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're keeping people happy. They're keeping you know the what do they call it cake and circuses or something like that. They're keeping them fed. They're keeping them at least for for the big cities, right? The the hubs, the central hubs. They're keeping them happy, keeping them entertained. And uh, in that in that they people don't have anything to really ask for, and so they're more than happy to be like, well, I mean, I don't really care what's going on in you know foreign relations or anything like that. Things are good right but- now. It's as of late, I feel like there's a big push or shift from that. I haven't talked to any of my Chinese friends over there in quite a while, so I honestly, like, I don't know. China, even while you were there, though, that's like the beginning of China hitting the switch, kind of exercising its power. So, so that's, I would, I, I do know, actually, I do know. So the uh, Xi Jinping, he has switched in like the last five years or so where he's actively tried to dissuade western type thought and western type entertainment so there is that but i mean i think they might be kind of screwing themselves that way because the people kind of like that western stuff and if if they go too fast or too hard then the people are gonna they're gonna get upset and china if one if china does one thing really fucking well it is a uh it is a revolution (laughs) they have revolted Many, many times in the last 5,000 years. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe the PRC will collapse from within. Fuck it. But um, the the viewers are probably wondering, though, like, what is your, what is the uh, experience, though, that kind of drove you to this point? Like, what made you guys? China didn't do it for me. Yeah. I, when I was in China, and just super, mine super quick, I just kept my head down and enjoyed it. Yeah. Honestly, I, I I understand. Like, the only time I really saw any sort of corruption up front was when I left uh, Qingdao and I was going to Beijing. I splurged, bought a first-class ticket on the train, and I go to sit in my little train pod, you know? It's awesome if no one's ever taken the high-speed trains. There, You get, like, a pod that has, like, a TV, and they treat you like they don't hate you, which <laughs> they tr- they do hate you if you're in coach. And I'm getting all settled in, and a bunch of guys in business suits came in, and they're just, like, looking at me. And the lady's like, oh, you need to move. I was like, but this is my seat. I showed my ticket. And she's like, oh, no, it's not. And I was like, <laughs> I kind of looked at the guys in the suits, and they looked at me, and I was just like, all right. <laughs> Get up, and I, I go sit in I would went to class. I would have went to another first class. No, like, they took the whole cab. Like, it was a bunch of them. They took the entire cab. Like, it was It's the whole. It was government officials. Absolutely, it was government. That's yeah, no it would have had to be. There's no way it wasn't. You know, yeah. looking back at it, that's the. Kind of the double-edged sword of Guangxi, you know. If you know somebody, hey, you know, you're going to get this position. But, yeah. But I if mean, it's, that's Guangxi being used against you. It's, yeah, you can imagine, it's like. <laughs> if you don't know Guangxi is connections, it's like, what what is Guangxi? Connections, right? That's what well, it's, that's a That's beyond. It's that, a deep that, subject. That's like, just, yeah. Guangxi is like relationship connections. Yeah, yeah. But when you have a, a, a whole, like, conglomerate of 
government officials come on your train, that's more than Guangxi. It's just yeah. like, okay, they have power. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, the, it doesn't only, matter how I feel about it. The only this. thing that was going to happen is I was going to get out of that fucking yeah. first, one way or the other, I was not going to stay in that first class cabin. And I was like, it's like a two hour trip. Fuck it, you know? <laughs> and I was at business class. But other than that, like, I was there, I was having fun. I was, you know, dating a bunch. I was drinking a lot. I was eating good food. How doing long my were you, school. you were there like a year? About like eight months or something like that. I I think if I had been there for under a year, my experience would have been much more similar. I was there just only for half a year. That's what it was for like the first year. And also you were you were into you were like doing business there. That that yeah, that's a big difference. After I did a lot of work there, but like I ran into the same people as as Jean. Like there was one lady I worked at her school summer camp, right? Oh, I've been to America. I've worked with Americans. I know how Americans are. Yeah, I hate that. And I'm just like, like, how how are we? How are we? It's like, no, you tell me, how are we? You dumb bitch. And I was, I remember I told her, she's like, well, she was like putting me against the wall. I was like, okay, I mean, I can just quit. Like, cause it was like a two week summer camp. She's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. <laughs> like, I was like, I no, still cool. you don't even have to pay me. I'll just quit. I'll just stop coming to work. And she's like, no, no, no. You know, we agreed on a price. You know, I was like, okay, then I guess there's no problem. <laughs> you sure? I, I can go. A, a just, lot of bluffing in China. A lot she of probably bluffing. scuffed it too. No, 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 no. Just, just, just stop me. I was like, you, you sure? You sure? There's because a problem. most people will just take it there. That yeah, kind exactly. of stuff. Yeah, like, well, if you've worked with America, you're not going to strong army. I don't give a shit. I'll go find another job next door. Yeah, happy you, I think me. you would have known that. It's just <laughs> yeah. a bluff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, for me, any any kind of, I've always been distrustful of any sort of authority because I, I grew up with the maxim absolute power corrupts absolutely, and I've just believed it. And then as far as tech goes, um, I started, I mean, like I read 1984 as a, as a teen, so that automatically kind of gets you a little mm, like the, yeah, that's a good experience. And and then I, I mean, good bad right? Yeah, I mean it's a great story when you think it's a story. It's a bad reality to live in. Yeah. But uh, then I started to see how um, oh, man, when was it? I started. When, when did you read a 1984? Like how? Oh, I was I was like in my teens. I would have been like 16 or something. Just, wow. <laughs> wow. Just at that like rebellious age. And what made you think about um that book? How did it affect your life? In just the like it's quickly, a, it just, it just, just made me wary of, of government power and where it can go. Yeah. Basically, basically, that's it. It made me say this is, but it's funny because back then, much, much closer to 1984. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there much was, much there closer was, to 1984. Uh, than it is now. But, yeah. You know, um, yeah. Back when you read it then, it was like, well, I mean, this is terrifying, but that'll never happen. And we had a bunch of like, you know, your you know, utopian type society, sci-fi movies, and, you know, the hidden underbelly that makes it all tick. And those were really good sci-fi back in, you know, the the 90s and the early 2000s. And now it's kind of happening, so nobody's really making movies about it anymore, you know? It's pretty wild, the foresight. Demolition Man is a fucking prophetic film. Actually. I haven't watched it. That is I don't one think you I've should seen watch. that one. Either. Really? Yeah, you Demolition Man is people are going back to it now because it was it was hokey as shit back in when it came out. Like Stallone doing this thing, it's kind of like ah, oh, it's goofy and it's still funny. It still has the humor, but like the shit that they talk about is fucking wild, man. Like just the like what you would need to do to society to make utopian culture like a utopian society. I mean, by removing like freedoms and sex and you know. 
swearing and, and, you know, all this stuff. And then somebody from the past, you know, from the 90s who's rough and gruff and all this shit <clears throat> can just unopposed walk through the police force and the military. And all this, like, just kills people like it's like it's pushing grass to the side, you know, because they wow. just have because they're so they've got it so good. They've never been challenged in any sort of way. It's, I really recommend watching it. If you haven't watched it, it is, it is, that is a, a crazy thing. It's like, yeah, success. And just, it makes you weak. It makes you, you're weak. completely weak. And I mean, look at a lot of people would argue that was with like the Roman empire. They reached a certain Pax Romana Zenith. Yeah. And then, and then everyone kind of got soft cause nothing left to conquer. And then the barbarians are still living in the shit. And they're like, you fuck that. But they're learning their ways while they're with them. Yep. Yeah. And then they, they topple it. And so, I mean, that's, I mean, th watch Demolition, man. It's, it's fucking great. A lot of commentators on YouTube and, and people have done videos about how, just how relevant it actually is in, in this culture we live in now. But, I, I mean, that was kind of 1984 in that time. Like, we looked at it like it was fiction. But I've always kind of had that distrust. What really kick the electronic the digital stuff off of me was somebody posted on facebook about just how much information they had on you and holy shit the one that freaked me out is they could based on your fucking posts and the shit that you like they can guess your uh political affiliation like i was like that's bullshit and i followed the little instructions on the meme someone posted and sure as shit it's like yeah you're a centrist like, <laughs> you're a centrist. Yeah, it had me right in the middle. I was like, fuck, it's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you got scared of that? I, I did, because, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no. I was just and, like, and that'd be funny if it's like fence sitter. I, I fence -sitter. I don't post shit for shit, especially back then. Oh, but like, you didn't I'll, post anything, though. No, political. I never posted anything political. I barely posted anything. Okay, in that's, that's the interesting part. But I never posted anything political. And just like the algorithms are so, that's what freaked me out is the algorithms based on who your friends are and who their friends are and the shit that they like and the shit that you like and the books you like and the music you like. They run all these fucking equations and then they're like, oh yeah, these are your political affiliations and, and all this shit. Like it, that shit is freaky, man. That shit is wild. And then I, that's when I started like looking around at some of this stuff and the way censorship started kicking off and started really springing. I remember when, God, how old was I? I was, uh, Early to mid twenties, so this would have been close, close to fifteen years ago, right? Jesus, uh, <laughs> not quite, but close. Anyway, uh, I remember I was deployed in Iraq, and some books that I really liked—they were up for—they uh, were getting censored by the school district. What books? I don't remember right now. I can't remember. But but it what was, were they? It like was it was more about the fact that books were getting censored. That I was like, you can't be serious. And these were, these weren't people on the left censoring them. These were, these were people on the right. Like, oh, these books are offensive for you know these things. I wrote an editorial. I, I don't know if it even ever got published, but I was just like, what are you doing? Like, we're we live in the the Pacific Northwest. Like, we are the the forget the words I use, but it was something overly dramatic. city and overly hill. dramatic. <laughs> like, we are the expression of the manifest destiny. Like, we we are the we are the we are that the, would not go well today. Yeah, well, no, but it was you like, went all out. yeah, I did because I was like appalled. I was like, this is some fucking Fahrenheit, you know, or 451 type shit. Like, what the fuck are you doing? 
fucking we we don't ban books here. This is the Northwest. We re, we reject that shit. We're we are liberals. We're we supposed to be pioneers. Yeah, we, you we, know. Well, not even we are the educated because at the time I was like, yeah, fuck the South. <laughs> I was like, we are the educated. We deal with ideas. We talk about tough issues. We don't get censored. We express ourselves. You know, all this shit, and then fucking they're like. Now, now the left censoring everything, so I, I don't fucking know. Just people trying to censorship, but I, I, I hate censorship. I fucking despise censorship. The worst part about censorship is silence for those. That's, that's good. Sorry. <laughs> but I, t- I forgot the joke. T- yeah, right. it, it does work a little bit better on a yeah, exactly. picture format. <laughs> Technical technical censorship because of how invested all of us are in technology right now and how subtly like before if they're burning books, you fucking know they're burning books. But now because everybody reads shit on Kindles, Amazon, because they own all that, can just quietly remove a title and, and that's it. That title doesn't exist anymore. And if and then it could get to the point where if you want to get online and bitch about it, you type this whole thing. Shadow man, nobody ever hears what you're saying, you know? That's fucking scary, man. Like <laughs> you you can't even like you go out and stand on the corner and someone hey, fucking tweet about it. It's like a dead nobody <laughs> saw it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was I don't know if you've seen the Aaron Schwartz documentary. Oh, I haven't seen the documentary. But no. I mean he he mentioned something along those lines. It's like, okay, now we're we have the internet, like Anyone can freely express themselves, but now we have these gatekeepers like Google, Facebook, Twitter. Oh, he he talked about Google specifically. Yeah. So they're controlling who you can reach. Yeah, and you won't even so know you it. You can express yourself, but they get to decide who gets to reach who. Yep. And this, we talked about this on the other watchdog, but this hit fucking to me. This hit like black alert. It's past fucking red alert. This is black alert when fucking. Lights going out. The tech corporations fucking conspired together to remove a platform. That's when shit got fucking terrified. Because now it's when it's when it's hidden. That means that they're still like they're still afraid of doing it outright. It's scary because nobody knows about it. If you're shadow banned and you know nobody's getting your fucking information, but now that boldness of just fuck you, like that shit. Whether you agree with Parler or not, that was fucking scary man that's fucking these guys because they have you could say oh, it's a private company no they form, they literally formed a fucking cabal of these top these fucking billionaires who control these ports of information and, and just, time wrote an article about that they say titled it specifically <laughs> I, I here's the title i shit you not yep the the 20 the shadowy campaign that saved the 2020 um election yeah they mask off moment. they literally said it <laughs> How we like they yeah, said cabal. All the, uh, they cabal said there is all act. these. They said a lot. Yeah, they said, all this conspiracy theory. It's true. Powerful individuals, but it's they, a good thing. But it's a good. Thing. But it's good. But it's yeah. good though. Fucking exactly. They're justifying. They pretty it. Much, this is like really all the conspiracy that no one. And again, to and then the and the surveillance <laughs> pandemic on um, of there's but about like tech about like powerful shadow figures they said oh, it it's in true. the article it's all true but but you're wrong because it's not bad it's good <laughs> exactly it was for your benefit 
That's so fucking insane. You hid in the shadows for years and like tried to like suppress people talking about it, and now all of a sudden it's like that should scare you. It's there. Okay, that should fucking scare you. Two things I want I want to bring up, which they you took, know they took advantage of the situation for those people who are just, who are still playing by these little like pundit you know political sides and all this. You know, this is kind of a I believe it's a bipartisan issue because. Yeah, it affected yeah. it, you know. It, it did affect the left eventually. They were getting censored for um, different things, even though they weren't breaking rules on on Twitter. That, and I know it is a private company. And we we again we did a rebuttal on the. Um, I think that was to throw off yeah. the scent a bit. The ones earlier, or the ones more recent. Those were no. Those were. It could have been that. Yeah. I, I could have been like those, those it were, finally reached yeah. that part of the downstream. But I I, I don't because there was a bit. There's been a couple like cleansings prior to the most recent ones where. Dorsey's dipshit fucking face was like, yeah, fuck it. We're going to just ban everybody. Before that, there was a couple cleanses and the right were saying like, we're getting targeted. And they're like, no, look, these leftist people have gotten, but like they were, they were like cherry picking like the, the ones that are, you still had people putting like calls to violence and all this other shit doxing and, and there's, they weren't touched. So I, I yeah, really think it was true. to throw people off the scent. And because they could have easily gone back. It's not even that long ago that they were doing this stuff. They haven't. I mean, there's shit that's they still up de- there. They decided to give them a pass. Yeah. And they have continued to. Well, so long yeah. story short, my shit, I've always been distrustful of authority. But in the last, I'd say, like two, three years, the digital stuff has started to really fucking freak me Well, now out. it's hard to ignore because anything, you know, again, that example with the uh, political... That election in 2020 and also the um, anything to do with the uh, coronavirus, you know, YouTube. We, we talked about that in the surveillance pandemic. Anything you that was not medically credentialed, or you could not be spoke. You no, know. no, no, no. Not even if it was medically credentialed, it had to be by the the medical fucking community that they were supporting. Yes. Which flip flopped all the fucking time, by the way. Again, um, yeah, and we're not going to give examples because we're again. We already did that one. We already did that one. We talked yeah. about, well, you weren't here, but we talked about no, it. I did that. I was yeah, he was that here. One. Surveillance pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe not surveillance, but we bitched about the pandemic for we like did two episodes. Two episodes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was a different episode, though. But, uh. Oh, oh, I see. You know, I'm trying yeah. to market my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, Dio, maybe you should tell us yours because we're almost at 50 minutes. So, yeah, I'll just piggyback. Pretty back, pretty much directly off of that, but always kind of had a sense of a underlying suspicion or distrust it's about the government. And funny I enough, think, I did too, but it I just think, didn't awaken yet. Yeah, and I for the longest time I was not political at all. Yeah, same. Not at I don't, all. Yeah. So I mean, I can name a bunch of stuff that got me attracted tra- to politics, much of which is going on now. But, um. How that tied in then into tech was I started to notice things where tech was able almost to show that they have more power than the government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially Facebook with uh, like, with, with Australia. They were like up. anytime the government went after them, they pretty much were just like, "Fuck you, get get out of here." Or what it they was pretty yeah. much just knocking them back out of the way, and the government would just take a step back and let them keep doing their thing. And then it was also understanding just. How on all of these platforms they pretty much have their own quasi governments filled with mi- hundreds of millions, if not billions, of people on some apps. Yeah, who they are, yeah, running their own mini, their own rules, their own policies that you have to follow. Which much people, this is social media. So many people dedicate so much of their time 
on these platforms and they have a much greater influence on them than they realize. Well, when you have the government literally dis- dissenting or not dissenting, but disseminating information through it, that's when it's not just a private company. Yeah. And you know? th- yeah, there's so many different aspects to touch on that. Yeah. You can really branch out and go off on tangents on all sorts of stuff here. But I think after seeing that and then, yeah, just a bunch of different stories popping up about, uh, tech censorship. Tech censorship is what really kicked me, I think, into high gear. Seeing people get deplatformed, um, shadow banned, all that kind of stuff, just yeah. for giving an opinion. In a lot of cases, yeah, e- e- expressing their right to free speech. Uh, Parabellum guys, Parabellum. <laughs>